0: Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. What are we going to talk about? Well, look, there is a whole host of international rugby that just happened last weekend with a clean sweep for the rugby championship sides uh, over the uh, six nations teams. <clears throat> obviously, a couple of other teams that didn't uh, do that with France and Italy who were playing non-rugby championship sides and they got their wins. But we'll go through uh, all the results and we'll have obviously... Uh, a little bit more focus on the uh, Maori All Blacks versus Ireland, the uh, New Zealand versus Ireland, and um, Australia versus England. with a few comments about say about the other games as well. And uh, joining me to go through all of that is uh,
3: Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. As he unmutes himself, uh, yeah, good to be here. Paul, always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM. Ah, oh,
0: fantastic! Great, to, great to have you. And um, are you using the uh, the new camera by any chance?
3: Um no, I'm not no, actually. actually... <laughs> oh is it coming across relatively
1: clear?
0: No,
3: no, no. So it's not as clear, it's more this more wide angle. We've seen more of
0: the room than we normally see. Uh, so yeah, different uh, different angle um for you uh, for, for, for you this this evening um via the uh, um the iPad than it must be. Um but say, so, you uh, you got out and about for some uh some, some club rugby um this weekend, didn't you? It has uh, got down to um uh, no, it wasn't College Rifles, sorry, it was, uh, um, well, it was College Rifles playing, but they were away, weren't they? At, uh,
3: yeah, they, they were, they were at the home ground, they, they, were, they were playing away, they were playing at Western Springs, it was uh, round 10 of Goodyear Tyres Auckland Premier uh, Club Rugby, I'd love a dollar for every time I'd se- I've said that this year, Paul. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a good, it was a good uh, it was a good, uh <laughs> the face for radio is back. You're yeah, good on your nocturnal rights. You're dead right. Um, yeah, it was uh, a big day for the Ponsonby uh, rugby, rugby Club. They had a couple of uh, Centurions who uh, played 100 matches, won Ben Bacon, and, of course, Alex uh, Matapō, who uh, basically joined his dad as a centurion for, for Ponsonby. His dad, Harati uh, Matapō, also played 100 games for Ponsonby. And uh, it was also good to run into Census Johnson, former Samoan international, who um, has had quite a stellar career. I think he started in, started in England. Excuse me, I'm not too sure which club, but I think he also spent a bit of time in Toulouse, in, uh, in, in France, and uh, so I caught up with uh, Census and had a good good conversation. But also the coup de grace, we picked up a uh, interview with uh, Patrick Tupolotu who um, spent a bit of time over in Japan playing for uh, Toyota Verblitz. And um, I've got to say, Patrick looking in very, very good shape, looking very streamlined, and uh, uh, full credit to him. He went the full 80 minutes for me and they had a very comprehensive win uh, by I think it was sixty four points to fourteen, and um, I think they've pretty much got everybody looking over their shoulder at this point in time. Paul,
0: yeah, absolutely. And it, but when you, when you can roll out people like Patrick Turpelotto and Cestius Johnson for your uh, uh, in, in in your Auckland Club Rugby competition, that's that's not uh, not bad um, at all. Uh, if you want to catch those uh, interviews that Stephen did, then uh, check out the uh, New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page. Um, they are all on there and. Uh, Discussions are ongoing about or, or, or starting up for um, next season, what uh, we're going to do around um, Auckland Club Competition, where we have a sort of a separate show just talking about it, whether we have a, a Facebook group, etc. So if you're interested uh, in particularly, well, actually Auckland counties, North Harbour, Northland um, Club Rugby, um, then uh, get a like in there because we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date with everything that we've got in that, coming up in that space. Um, personally i was at uh yhe for uh, Waihe A's last game of the season um uh, having uh, got through um the uh their um uh the the season having not won a game in their previous eight games i think it was uh they uh, got uh, got the win in the final game of the um the season uh up against um coromandel uh, now coromandel uh and uh, had only won one game so far so that's uh, really put some um, the that really put things uh, tight at the end there because um, the uh, over here in Thames Valley the uh, top four go off into a uh, cup competition then uh, fifth to eighth go into another competition and ninth place uh, gets uh, let off from having semi Um so uh, a late try uh, by um, the uh, by coromandel meant that points difference meant that so coromandel finished one point of going points difference ahead of um uh, why he which is exactly what they wanted so why he got didn't have to go into to the, the semifinals um and that was the end of their season uh whereas coromandel um newly into or back into uh premiership rugby after uh, over here after not being here got them got what they wanted which was an extra an extra game so um yes uh some scenes after that as we uh, hit the club rooms a uh, ex-president put a couple hundred dollars behind the bar um and uh, we also had a centurion as well. Uh, he gets $100 behind the bar. So we had a few, uh, a bit of money behind the bar um, and uh, got on, got to watch the All Blacks game um, there in the club rooms, which was good fun. Well, says, Is it me or does the club season seem shorter these days? Um, Dunedin is going into semis this weekend. Uh, yep, it's semis this weekend here in uh, Valley as well. And um, basically when uh, COVID hit, we ended up having a shortened season. I think a lot of the feedback uh, or the feedback in a lot of the uh, provinces was that um, actually the uh, the clubs liked the uh, shorter season um, and hence that's why we're seeing shorter seasons now um, it's uh, I think it might start putting put some pressure onto some clubs um, financially as they will have less uh, game days and uh, have their club rooms open a bit less but uh, so I think some some clubs might find a bit of struggle there but uh, the uh, yeah it's it's in response to what the players want uh, a bit like you'll also see that uh, in um, years gone past only the top four would go off into a uh, into finals now you'll see now you'll see that um i think well auckland counties um thames valley and i'm pretty sure that Waikato carodin as well i think quite a lot of the provinces now having these two sets of players where so the top four go into one competition and then fifth to eighth um how go off into a secondary competition for finals um which uh, means finals footy for more of the teams but um but the season is shorter so yes uh, things changing, and, and it's good to see provinces um, reacting, Stephen, to uh, the demands or the requirements of, uh, of of the players in their regions. Oh,
3: very much so. You know, you, you speak about a shorter season. I know up in Northern, they've just played the uh, one round. They had the club semi-finals on uh, Saturday, just gone, and of course we've got the uh, the a uh, final happening this weekend between uh, Mid Northern, the uh, very famous uh, Northern club, club of. Uh, of the, uh, the legendary Going going Brothers, and uh, they are taking on uh, Waipu. And I think Waipu were the 2020 champions, um, and they also beat, beat Northern in that particular game. So looking forward to heading up there. I'll be covering that on behalf of uh, NZ Sport Radio, Paul. And uh, right here in Auckland, of course, only uh, three rounds of the Auckland uh, club competition to go in terms of round robin before we had finals
0: yeah so it's a bit so it runs a bit longer in Auckland than, than some other places and um, we're hitting semi finals here in in Valley, uh, Thames Valley next weekend I'll be heading over to um uh, to Thames for a for Bees um up against Thames Bees in uh, their um semi final so um looking forward to uh um to the rugby um this weekend and yeah folks do get do get out to your clubs um, and do go watch the um the All Blacks games other games down at the club rooms um it's uh, uh it it is good um, good rugby down there um Good to everyone who's in the live chat, folks. Don't forget you can join us at eight pm um, every Monday on uh, um, New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page, YouTube channel, or at Driving More on Twitter. Uh, and also the show goes out as a podcast as well. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio um, for that. Um, so uh, let's um, uh, kick on then into um, the, uh, uh, the sort the of professional rugby um, from <laughs> from the weekend. Um, well, actually, from last week. We'll kick off first with the um, Māori All Blacks up against Ireland um, in uh, uh, the uh, the first time um, that uh, uh, the Māori All Blacks had played a uh, Tier One nation in, uh, in, in well, well not not the first uh, first time in, in quite a few years. I uh, think the first time that Clayton McMillan, the uh, head coach, had coached them against a uh, uh, against a Tier One nation. Brad Weber also pointed out he'd never played against a Tier One nation in, uh part of the Māori All Blacks. Something that they've been looking looking trying to get. Um, for a for a number of years um, they uh, didn't come together for that long only had about a week's worth of preparation so um, for those of you who are not from New Zealand uh, the bar the um, Maori All Blacks a bit like the Barbarians have a, a tradition of throwing the ball around um, and uh, playing uh, exciting rugby uh, and uh, we saw that uh, on Tuesday night even in uh, the rain uh, which uh yeah which uh it's it, it, uh promised to be a pretty uh not, not so great game um there um as on right says yeah, a good tribute to a uh, great tribute to sean wainui um and uh yeah it was also with bundyaki laying down um, an island jersey and uh um sean wainui's uh, wife and uh, children coming on to collect that um uh tribute to uh uh to, to, to him um he was being a key part of the uh, uh, the New Zealand Maori for the past few years. It was a bit of a change of the guard as well with um, uh, Ash Dixon as headed overseas. He was no longer captain. We had co-captains in um, Brad Webber uh, and also um, TJ Piranara uh, in that one. Uh, and yeah, you can see those um, What it, yeah, you can see the interview that talks about with TJ about what what, what it meant to him to become a Maori All Black. Um, also taking over, the, the filling the shoes of Ash Dixon from, from Bad Webber uh, and all the post-match interviews are over there. There is one that we will play, one section we'll play during this. Um, but um, the you can get all that over at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, for, for, for that. Um but um I thought look the, the Mario Blacks, particularly in that first half, counterattacked very well. Um and uh, yeah, considering the, the short amount of time they had, uh put together a a, 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 a very cohesive performance Stephen.
3: Yeah, interestingly enough, Paul. Um, after twenty-two minutes, the score was actually uh, um, ten ten eight to the to the visitors. Uh, Monday, Aki Ar- 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 had scored that very good try off uh, off a lineout set piece, and I thought we were in for a for a tough evening. But they just they had a really a real B look about this so- about their side, and it. it, it and you can see they just struggled with with with, uh, with certain combinations, and of course, whenever they uh, left ball lying around, the, the Maori pretty much exposed them with some great long-range tries. I, I mean, it's like the try that uh, uh, Callum Grace, who, who I thought he had a very very good game, on the back of a super season. Um, uh, scored was a very very good try although uh, Sean Stevenson who in the main had a pretty good game it probably wasn't the best pass through it through it at um Billy Harmon's foot so maybe B- Billy's got a chance of getting a football contract with skills like that Paul um but it was it was a very good try and try and they looked a, they looked quite sharper and you know before you know it I think uh leading 32 t- at 10 at halftime I think the game was as good as gone
0: it was I mean, as you say that that pass that um Shawn Stevenson uh, passed uh, look, on another day that doesn't lead to a try uh, there are a couple of passes that went behind um uh, josh uh, um yeah josani uh, that uh, they got picked up rather than being turnovers so look even when things weren't going quite right they still fell the uh, the Mario blacks way and they had a good a, a good night uh, look, Ireland, um they had seven players in that side who are not part of uh, their first choice for um their um uh, what do you call it for, for their provinces um so look a, a, a similar um to the Mary All blacks look like this was by this wasn't a um uh this this was wasn't a kind of a big a, a first choice on the side by it's long long stretch and um let's have a quick listen to um uh to to, to Farrell where he'll talk about first off, how he's using uh used this game um and uh, as someone who puts in the live chat there uh, how little time there is in the run up to the rugby world cup and then also um, his thoughts on having these midweek games, um, and uh, and how it came about. Inexperienced players and um, new guys in, in the green jersey. How much are you using this for for twenty twenty three, and how much is this game sort of looking beyond that for for expanding? The uh, I mean, how how do you use this game basically?
2: I said during the week this 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 game is is huge to us, and, and the next Murray game is the, just as important as, as the Test matches because. Um, you know it's well documented that there's um, been um, seldom chances of, of playing international rugby, especially especially away uh, abroad on tour over the last three years. And uh, you try and find ways of giving people a chance because before the World Cup, um, there isn't that much time. Time is running out as far as that's concerned. So we've got to find out about people and give them an opportunity.
0: It's rare to have these midweek games on tours nowadays. Are you? Do, is it something you want to see more of? Uh, do you enjoy? Is it a challenge you enjoy? enjoyed? Good, aren't
2: they? Um, I used to enjoy them definitely. I used to enjoy um, playing more than playing more than training. I don't know what you think, Bundy. Yeah. Um, You know, to to just roll your sleeves up against get stuck in. I think that's that's why we all started playing in the first place. You know, to to compete. Um, so. I, I, I love the concept of a of a Lions tour, etc. You know, this is a bit unique in itself. Obviously, with with um, with Ireland uh, doing this for the first time, um, it's because of what's happened uh, to the world in the last three years, and uh, it'll stand to us in the future. So yeah, it's
0: interesting that it's something that's, that's come about because of um, well, basically COVID, um, <laughs> meaning the lack of games for for Ireland. Um, We'll see whether it is that we do have in future. Um, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It clearly wasn't a. Oh yes, this is the new way of doing things now. Um, so we'll have to see whether whether they get whether they continue. But I think um, a lot of people have have liked them. Um, I guess Stephen, uh, as as Rice was not it, Irish coping it with injuries. Is Kane Healy really fit enough um, uh, to um, on on the bench? Uh, look, one of the things that came came out of this game was uh, look the uh, the starting loose head for island got knocked out in the first minute went off past his HRI, he was allowed to come back on again Zealand rugby have come out and said look the uh, independent um, medical officer wasn't given the correct videos and they'll tighten up on that process he should not have come back on so um it's good to see that they, they realize they made a mistake um but so they, you know, then Kane healy got what looked like a pretty nasty knee injury um I guess a question there, Stephen, as to whether Farrell's brought enough players on this tour with the with the midweek games as well as the test matches.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose those, those questions were being asked the very next day when uh, Kieran Healy did did get injured, and um, you know a little bit of speculation going around. I know there were a couple of people in the media saying that maybe maybe they look at somebody like Ollie Yeager and bring him in. But with the greatest of respect, I think he's a, a New Zealand contracted player, even though he is Irish. But I do. Know that they actually brought former Irish international and Taranaki player Michael Bent into the squad, but I think that was primarily um, to to utilise during uh, uh, during practice times. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be one of those great questions. But you know, they too much.
0: A tough um well, so, so you broke up towards yeah. the end there let's hope it didn't uh, break up for the uh, our listeners as, as as well um but yeah uh, Stephen broke up there for me uh look um yeah we'll have to see how it goes how, how it how it how it uh progresses from there but as i say um yeah maori all black game really enjoyed it uh and it was nice to be great to be there um for for that one um head over to us uh um, as a Swore Radio Patreon page, to so have a look at the uh, post-match interviews um, over there. Um, so that led on then to the um, All Blacks versus Ireland, a game that um, I did a couple of previews for, for um, well for an Irish radio station, an Irish podcast um, ahead of this one. I'll be honest, I, my prediction was for an Ireland win by uh, by three points in this. Uh, perhaps probably didn't take into account uh, the impact of these injuries. And I probably overstated um, the impact of the COVID disruptions on to um, the uh, 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 on the All Blacks. The All Blacks said they they had prepared for this contingency of if they lost players and coaches um, and how to deal with that. I wasn't convinced um, by that argument, but um, uh, yeah, you got you to take your hat tip, I guess, to to Ian Foster that look whatever contingency plans he put in place it works, and uh, that All Blacks team that arrived on Saturday looked um, fully prepared, Stephen.
3: They did. It was, I think, a a real surprise to everybody that they would have that sort of cohesion, given that a couple of players had dropped out with COVID. You had the likes of Quintupaya and uh, Rico Ioani as a midfield. We all wondered how much... um, how much uh, those two would come together as a a midfielder. Midfield, um, there was also a lot of talk pre-match about Scott Barrett as well, because obviously the last time he played in that number six jersey, the All All Blacks had exited from the uh, RWC in 2019. So, yeah, what a a surprise. It's, um, uh, it it,
0: it wasn't, uh, look, uh, first off, we're going to have to make an apology to Rico Wani, and I've, I've said on, on a number of occasions about this uh and we've, we've questioned other about his passing but actually he passed the ball six times and he ran, ran it four times so um yeah. suddenly he's yeah. become a passing <laughs> sensor um so um which uh we, we, which was um uh good uh mean, good, good to see look um and yes you're right scott barrett a lot of us thought it was it was a mistake to um to put him in there um but uh i, I think we saw um, a couple of things from that November tour um, come through. One of the things we heard after the French game was, um, I remember Sam Kane saying, "Look, we should have picked pick and go more, um, sort of, um, uh, should have bashed it up a bit more uh, through the forwards rather than just trying to go wide and try and play all the time." Um, and I think we saw that. Um, that we saw, we saw, we saw the forwards playing a lot narrower uh, in this game and uh, really looking to ass- to assert themselves um, on the um, the opposition. Uh, with, uh, with ball in hand. Um, and then um, with the, on defence, um, look, Ireland started off well. Uh, they got that early try in, on, on six minutes um, with uh, Keith Earls, who had started also in the Mauro All Blacks game. So Wednesday to Saturday, boy, oh boy, he, he backed up uh, on that one. Um, but then to me, look, the line speed, the pre- the defensive pressure from the, um, the All Blacks uh, basically made... Um, pushed Ireland into mistakes. Um, we, um, As you say, that inexperienced sense combination of um, Topia and Rico Arnie up against um, someone like Ringrose, who got a lot more experience. I've gone blank as who the number 12 was. Um, uh, Henshaw Ringrose wasn't it, I think. Um, a much more experienced sense combination. But uh, that uh, Irish combination did make mistakes um, and hence why Ireland did uh, 20 turnovers um, and why we saw several um, Rees get that try uh, quipi get, get those get those breaks going um and I'd, yeah i just don't think Ireland coped with that pressure um in um in that game um there uh with that one um and then uh with that lead at half time um look the game was over let's be honest and and um the all blacks saw it out um, very well um uh, before we get on to the controversies um as uh, they've already mm-hmm. come up into the live chat um we' having citing commissioners uh, any other uh, any sort of any other points from the game that you want to bring up um, first?
3: Yeah, listen. There's always been a, a lot of question marks about um, the age of our of our two locks. Gee, I'll tell you what, white Whitelock to me just gets better with age. Um, I thought he was I thought he was very very good. Um, still want to see a little bit more from from Brodie You Now we. Probably a couple of seasons ago, but but for me, you know, speaking of a, a night of eating humble pie, um, I was pleased with with the tight head props, um, you know, like like Scott Barrett, a lot of talk, um, pre team was selected about the selection of selections of both Angus Angus Taval and and also not so much for but Carl Tenuki But this night, I thought that was one area in the forward play where they definitely had a, had an edge pull, and um, yeah it was it, it was it was pleasing to see on, on saying that you know uh, with this Irish team they are predominantly a lot of the team are from one particular club side which is Leinster and we've just got to remember that these guys have played a lot of rugby in the last uh, last few months and a high pressure rugby in the last month or so, you know, exit quarterfinals, semi, semi-finals, etc. So, I, I I hope it's it's one of those situations where it's not starting to show, but you know, it comes back to your point before, Paul. Maybe have they bought enough players to to actually freshen these guys up a wee bit? Yeah, no, actually, I think so. I don't think I bought that.
0: Yeah, I think they're are a few players short sure of what they um of, of, of what they need. And let's say you had um, Keith Ells starting on, Tuesday, on Wednesday, starting again on Saturday. Bundyaki starting again uh, um, also on Wednesday on the bench um on Saturday. So yeah, that's um, as, as two examples, let alone the the, the props and the injuries. Um the um so a, a couple of controversial things to um come out of this game. Um let's start off with Hegnox, because obviously uh, off the back of the Mary All Blacks game, um and uh, Farrell gets saying, Oh look, he passes HIA, we just took him off as a precautionary kind of you're like, mate, look, come on. Uh, it's clear to other people that, that that wasn't really a situation. Johnny Sexton mm-hmm. off um, and failed HIA after thirty-one minutes on uh, Saturday um, is uh, apparently passed his second HIA, and they're hoping to bring him back again for Saturday. Like, gee, come on, guys! World rugby is supposed to have just come out with a twelve-month, twelve-day uh, stand down if you fail your HIA. So, where does this come from, uh, Johnny Sexton, when he was playing for? Um, uh, Racing '92, I think it was he was playing for over in um, over in France. Um, ended up having to take something, um, something like four to six months off um, through uh, concussions and and uh, for a number of repeat concussions within a twelve month period. Um, uh, yeah, I would be uh, yeah very sad to see. I would be very, the wrong thing to see Johnny Sexton back next weekend. Is he key for this Irish side? Yes, he is, um, absolutely. Um, but. Um, Having seen um, Carl Heyman come out and talk about his early onset dementia um, that he's having, uh, living down in New Plymouth now, um, and uh, some of the problems he's going through, uh, it's not worth um, trying to win one game on tour. now uh, it's not really worth trying to win a World Cup either. But um, uh, but winning a tour game, absolutely not. To me, Johnny
3: Sexton should be should be should be taking a rest uh, next weekend soon. Yeah, i will have to agree with you. You know, there were a couple of clean-outs that probably warranted a little bit more scrutiny from uh, from from the from the officials. Um you know um okay, I'm just have I've I've just been schooled there from uh Simon Hughes at Leinster are not a club side, they're they're a province in Ireland. Okay, well they probably call themselves a club, but hey, we're probably not split, splitting hairs there put protocols in place You show that it's failed the system broke down somewhere and that's that's not a holistic thing it's just really the really the people who are managing those those protocols who are at the game yep
0: um absolutely and look it's, it's if, you've, if you haven't seen carl heyman's interview um Oh, I've only seen in a written version, but go and um, go seek it out because look, when uh, he says, look, he said he gets no help from New Zealand rugby, and it's kind of like, yeah, did his did his problems happen while he was playing in New Zealand? So will ACC help or were his problems when he was playing overseas in uh, England and France? Well, look at the end of the day, um, he's a rugby player, he's part of the rugby family. Uh, you'd hope that, um, well, you, you'd, I, I'd want New Zealand rugby to be helping out some um, all those players who are here um, now. Is that them taking um, accepting responsibility? No, not necessarily. No, I'm not saying that. Um, but still, um, helping these people out who are um, allow us to watch um, this game is post oh. post career
3: uh, is is an important thing to do. Yeah, and, and he, play, he plays in a position where there's a lot of contact, Paul. Not not just in the tackle, but even I would imagine on the hits. As, as as well, I, I mean, as I, I would hate to think how many times he's <clears throat> not just in practice, but in actual games where he's he's packed a scrum. So it's somewhere along the line. It, it's yeah, it, it's gonna, it's it's probably gonna it's gonna tell at some stage. And I would imagine playing in Europe as well, where they tend to pack down. A, they love a scrum up in Europe. So uh, um, you'd probably pack down a few more. Um, up in the northern hemisphere as well. I, listen, I really do feel I really do feel for, for the bloke. But you know, sometimes trying to, trying to pinpoint where a long-term injury has happened is always hard to. It's hard to say, you know. And sometimes you, you just put it down to, to wear, wear and tear. You know, we all carry an injury of, of sort, whether it's a meniscus disc or a, or a, or a dodgy sort of ankle. Where we, where we did it, sometimes you don't really know, but it's just sometimes wear and tear from um, a, a knock that you've actually had and probably haven't realised that you've actually had. And I think that's probably where I put, um, unfortunately, Carl Heyman's issue in a, in a, in a particular basket. Yep.
0: Um, is the nature of rugby pushing the regs and laws and beyond? Uh, is that the nature of rugby? Look, we'll definitely get onto that during the Australia-England game. Um, about about, <laughs> about pushing um the regs but some um, you are quite right that that is um that what I' have said before is look if you're not cheating uh in playing rugby you're not playing rugby um at the end of the day nowadays um is is the complexity of the law book basically means that's that, uh, um, there's there's a, there's a law broken every single breakdown um so look yes everyone is everyone's cheating the question is how much cheating is allowed um by the uh, by the referee um at the end of the day. Um, and uh which pieces do we want to be cheating on uh, look head injury protocol is not what we want to be cheating on, i'm afraid that's regulation we do not want to be pushing um to uh, to the line um the scott barrett um who um is uh, getting a starting to get a bit of reputation uh, here in new zealand at least um, for his disciplinary approach um say uh, ruck near the um, all blacks line uh, he uh, uh, went to counter ruck um with um well from where we were looking uh or or, sorry from the clips you've seen on uh on on Facebook etc on YouTube uh, sorry Twitter not YouTube um you'll see that uh basically he didn't use many arms at all it's pretty much a shoulder um went diving in onto another player hitting what looks like the head Uh, now he's got away without any sanction um at all in this one um the uh I think Stephen is a bit um a bit lucky to get away with uh uh to get away that personally i I think that's one that should have been
3: uh uh should have been pulled up oh i think so paul um as i as i saw uh one post on on twitter he probably owes the uh, production crew of sky a, a couple of beers um for shying away from that that particular incident um very very lucky. Obviously, we nobody got to see it in uh, real time, but it's it's certainly been doing the, the rounds on the the social network. But even if you're the most ardent All Black supporter, you, and it happened, it was the other way around. I suspect many All Black fans uh, will not be happy, and uh, I've I've it's it's just disappointing that they actually can't do something. You know, I, I know it's up to a particular team to cite Barrett, but you know, I think. This is where maybe common sense should come into play. Paul, where the sighting commissioner is the guy who who probably should cite that in- incident. You know, for, you know, for me, it's it it was probably probably a red card incident, and he's, and he's got away with it. Yep, absolutely. So um, a number of questions in the live chat that
0: I'll get through in a second, boys. Um, but um, so yes, yeah, so will will we'll, um, uh, Johnny Hill also uh, in the uh, Australia England game didn't uh, get cited now the citing commissioner can cite if he sees something that he thinks should have been red card um and also the opposition can um cite something that they see now there seems to be some sort of uh, gentleman's agreement that say uh, you don't cite each other uh, at the moment because say johnny hill wasn't cited by australia um and we've also um seen that some um, scott barrett wasn't cited um by um uh, by ireland uh, and uh, We've got uh, John joining us, who will be telling us that, uh, uh, that South Africa don't cite players um, uh, either. And I think this is the wrong approach that uh, that by, um, by uh, there is, there is a, there seems this, this, this sort of gentleman's agreement to not do this stuff. Uh, look, if you see someone do something illegal, it needs to be cited. It needs to get, to get looked at. Otherwise, it's never going to get cleared out of the game. But um, uh, good evening, John. Um, how are you doing? And by the way, I can promise you that um, over video link, we will be not infecting you with, with, uh, with COVID.
1: Oh, no, it's me that I'm concerned about, boys, <laughs> infecting you. I'm well, I'm well, still in COVID quarantine, so if you're okay with it, I'll take it off then.
0: Over, over video, absolutely. I'm I, I, Yes. We're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're only in a virtual room. Um, <laughs> the, um, but so, so, yes, that one should have been. Um, uh, nocturne writes points out that uh, a journal asked Foster about it and he was grumpy at the mention. Look, whether you like Foster as a coach or not, from a coaching ability, one of the things you have to admit is he is very poor in post-match interviews. After the South, uh, after the semi-final in the 2019 Rugby World Cup, he um, he offered to take a uh, journalist outside and give him a rugby lesson, which essentially means he offered to take a, during a during a press during a post-match in, um, press media conference, he offered to take a. a um a, a well, you offered to take a, a media person outside and beat them up because he didn't like the question they asked. Um, he is not good post match interviews, um, and he really is not uh, yeah, he does not get he does not answer questions well. Um and it's one of the things that, um, one of the reasons why he isn't liked by the New Zealand public. He does not come across well
1: in media interviews. Um no, that's and,
0: not why uh, right. no, no, say that's the I said it's one of
1: the reasons Are- um, I don't think it's point one percent.
0: Well, anyway, um, so um, uh, look, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it, it's it's wrong how he how he responds um, in that piece, uh, and journalists have the right to, to ask those questions, absolutely, and, and find out what his thoughts are. Um, and uh, all you could
3: do is say, "Oh, I didn't see it at the time." I, I think I've got to say, given Scott's history, I w- okay. I would have thought. I would have thought um, Foster would have at least acknowledged it um, because um, it's, it's just not a good look. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. I think, um, I think that, that there's a developing pattern here of, of uh, borderline behavior and it may cost New Zealand really badly at, at a moment that they don't need it because, because, from Saturday's performance, it looked like a potential solution for the blindside flank position is presenting itself in Scott Barrett because they're certainly going to need some additional height in the lineup. And if he is going to put himself at risk with his tackling technique or clearing out technique, this is not something that New Zealand can afford to take a chance with. He really needs to be addressed. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, Bar- yeah,
0: Barrett needs to. Needs, needs, needs to learn how to how to hold hold that typewriter full um, more. Uh, um, Simon Hughes is just curious. Do Sky actually control the video that the video ref can see? So um, the um, video ref basically has a couple of um, of screens. Um, it's not as uh, sophisticated as we had when they had Hawkeye at the Rugby World Cups. But for example, um, I've been in the video ref's uh, box um, at a Super Rugby game. Uh, recently and they show me the screens they have so they have the live feed uh, and then they have a delayed feed that they can rewind and fast forward themselves Um, so um, do they uh, so they so one feed yes they basically get the same as you get at home which is obviously set up by um, Sky so they don't get to see all the angles or all the cameras they just get to see the main feed camera um, but they can then take that on backwards and forwards Uh, and then obviously if they're actually reviewing something they can ask for different cameras to be shown. I think they might have one of those screens where you have like five or six screens on one screen. But yeah, Mm. that's not um, uh, sort of big enough or high enough resolution for you to see that much, to be honest. Um, So it's a lot better than it used to be. They do have some control over one screen that can go backwards and forwards. Um, But um, the the home broadcaster, we've seen it across multiple countries. This is not a sky thing by any stretch. Um, where they can, the, the home broadcaster can put things, can choose to put things up on the big screen in, in ground, uh, which can obviously impact what the referee sees uh, and also how the crowd reacts um, to um, to situations. And clearly, that was one they were not going to show um, within Eden Park.
1: Well, the, I think there's a a mistaken practice, uh, mostly around the world when it comes to TV production, is that you see this sort of Imp- this sort of partiality in the way the editor cuts in when the game is played. So when there is a potential mistake by the ref, uh, even if it's not correctable, and the mistake by the ref w- disadvantage the home team, then they go back and they show it, whatever that may be. If it disadvantages the away team, then they don't. If the advantage accrued to the home team. And I think it's a mistake by editors because the purpose of the TV broadcast is to entertain and part of the entertainment is the controversy that arises and it's the to and fro, yes, that's, that's a penalty, no, that's not a penalty, that shouldn't have happened, that should have, you know, and that's part of the whole show and the more uh, drama you can introduce into the show, the more engaged the people at home become and so I think it's just a, it's a bad mistake and it's a bad philosophy by editors around the world. Oh, what's it? Produ- what do they call it? Director, the director of the broadcast.
3: Yeah. Yep, yep. Don't don't disagree with anything John just said there. He, he's he's dead right. I mean, it's like people like like controversy. I mean, it's like it's like going along to to uh, watch watch a movie and it's got a dramatic <laughs> dramatic storyline. Hmm.
0: so yeah, so um, yeah, so so you yeah, go. That, that's that's our thoughts on on um, on Scott Barrett's one. As John says, look. Um, he is looking like I think. I think we have to say congratulations to the All Blacks. Look, good performance. They've stepped it up in that forward department. Um, maybe there is an answer at, at six. Um, and Topu Vai was also uh, given a run out at six for the Chiefs as well. Um, so, mate. So, is is could he be a backup if uh, um, if Scott Barrow got injured, um, for example? Um, and uh, also again, centre combination. Look, um, which is number that twelve jersey. Uh, you've got to say topavi is uh, uh, another performance like that and i think he's um look he's, he's making a good case that uh a uh, not Vai, sorry. um Quinter, 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 Quinter. Quinter. You thank Quinter. you um yeah, is, um uh, look is, uh, look now he's got that because jack Goodhue's um got had COVID. um but um yeah look he, he grabbed it with both hands and um, and played very well and could be uh, could be playing himself into a, a more permanent um 12, 12 jersey.
1: Look, I, I just think, and, and Steve and I often have a to and fro about this, um, I just think it would be good if we give some credit. You said it a little bit earlier, Paul, that um, this was an incredible… and the, when it comes to all the internationals, when it comes to the coaching performance of the round, the all-black coaching team, what they pulled off and the quality uh, of the performance that they delivered on Saturday is outstanding. So, you know, let's give some credit where it's due that in this week with so much upheaval, uh, what they managed to get right and the level of cohesion that they had was amazing and uh their much maligned experiment with scott barrett at number six uh seems to have paid off Well, look one one swallow doesn't a summer make but it looks like they're on the road to solving that problem
0: yep i think uh, yeah a lot of humble pie for us for, for us pundits around a number of things we said at the beginning i will see yeah, the, the way that they've managed to put the contingency plans in place in case. And when COVID happened, was 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 very good. They, they, yeah, they, they pulled off something that um, I wasn't expecting them to
3: do. Guys, I was going to say that's that, that's not to detract from some of the rugby Ireland did play. Boy, they created a lot of opportunities, and on, on another give on another given day, they could have got yeah. a heck of a, a heck of a lot closer. And I, I just yeah. want to highlight, yeah. I want to highlight a player that I was super impressed with, and that was the hooker Sheehan. Um, I thought he had a Absolute standout game, and uh, even if you think back to the first try that uh, I think it was Sevu Rice scored. Um, the guy that basically chased him all the way to the goal line was Sheehan, the hooker, and he was still gallivanting around. in the seventy fifth, seventy fifth minute, so I was really impressed. Listen, they cr- I, I tend to agree with Andy Farrell. They actually created a lot. They just weren't, they just weren't a- accurate enough, and um, and just just some scram good scrambling defence from the from the All
0: Blacks. Yeah, I, I thought Carbery in the second half was was better than I was expecting with without without Sexton being off as well. Um, someone who uh, should be getting a lot more uh, game time um, next um, uh, next weekend, as uh, I say, because Sexton I think should be stood down. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see how he goes. Oh,
1: Northland—that's
3: just, uh,
1: just, just a just a quick thought, gentlemen, while um, Steve Wex is lyrical about Northland. Um, <laughs> I wonder whether the change of the rules, we are seeing it play out in what happened on Saturday. So previously, when somebody got over the line and was held up, it was a five-meter scrum. And the team was still under incredible pressure. If the opposition, the attacking team, had a decent scrum uh, and wasn't under pressure on their own feed, then the defending team was still in huge pressure five meters out from their own line. But now, if you get over the line and are held up, it's a dropout from the goal line. The pressure is transferred far away from where you're trying to defend. And I wonder mm-hmm. whether we're seeing, although full credit to the All Blacks, their defence was full of character, full of desperation. But I wonder if we'll see a lot more held up over the line because the difference between being held up and scoring is now so much wider than it was before the new rules.
0: Okay, and that's also you say that it's, um, it's, it's required a whole new set of training as to how do you how do you go into a tackle close to the line you, to make sure that you get underneath and blah 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 um,
1: underneath turn, wrap, lift. I mean, there was some brilliant, brilliant play by the All Blacks, and it's clear to at least to me that the coaching staff has focused on in that position, how? what is the best way to prevent the ball from being placed, even if the player manages to break the plane of the goal? So, yeah, um, huge kudos to the, the All Blacks and the training that they've done in order to do that. But I wonder if we're going to see more and more and more of these instances. It was quite unusual in the old days to see somebody held up over the line.
0: Yep, no, true. Um, it was wasted time wasted about setting scrums. Yeah, we understand why they've done it. Um, but it does. Uh, this is one of the unintended consequences is that perhaps you try in some ways, um, if you can get your body underneath the opposition, perhaps you let them get over the line. Even um, if you if you get yourself into a So say so you, you're right. You'll probably see, see more of that. Also, it does. I, I think Ireland, to me, um, kept kept with plan A, with the forwards bashing away when they when they got held up several times and they weren't using that width. It also encourages you to use the width and trying to find mm. space rather than trying to bash it over, where there are going to be more bodies around, therefore more likely to get held up over. Mm. Um, I, don't think,
1: I don't think it's, uh, as time has unfolded with this rule, I don't think it's a good rule, because I don't think if you manage to get across the line, you should then be fielding the ball back on the halfway. <laughs> right. That's just, that makes no sense. You've got all the way there, you held up this much above the ground from scoring, and the next minute your fullback is catching the ball on the halfway line. Uh, that's not in the spirit of the game, but still, we'll see how this thing unfolds.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, if it makes teams spread out more, look for look for space when attacking the line. I'm not, uh, as a, an unintended consequence, I'm actually not not that. Um, I'm, I'm happy for it. Stop that, just bashing away, um, and uh, make players make, make make teams find space rather than trying to find contact. Um. Moving on then from the uh, All Blacks game onto the. Uh, Australia versus England. Um, And, uh, well, we can talk about the rugby, I guess, which which Australia won, and Dave Rennie is improving his team. But um, rather than, uh, as as, as we're kind of coming towards the, as we don't want to overrun by too much, and I know, John, I want to talk about South Africa, um, Wales. um, This, I mean, all the talk has been about Johnny Hill winding up um, Darcy Swain until Darcy Swain uh, banged his head into, um, or pushed his head into uh, Johnny Hill's head. Um, now, whatever you think about what Johnny Hill did, Swain's actions is a red card every day of the week. You putting your head into someone else's head uh, is a, is a straight red. How much how how damaging you are, how much force it has, is irrelevant. Right? We're not. Uh, the, the, you can't be putting your head into someone else's head. Um, the uh, so, so that's that's that piece. Um, on the Johnny Hill side of things, two hands to the face, pushing someone away at the lo- um, on, on, on the advantage line, should be a card. Well, it's penalty, and to me, a card. Put hands in the face was a t- was was it, it's, it's, in that situation. There's, there's no excuse for it. Mm. You can't say it's
3: accidental. I mean, Darcy mm. way is tall enough. Sim. Um, mm. To me, to me, he's actually committed two yellow card offences, which basically, whilst it's not on the field, it actually equates to a red card. So, from to my way of thinking, uh, both of them, the, the the push in the face and and the hair pulling, is 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 foul play. They're both yellow cards, and quite frankly, that should result in a red card, which should result in a suspension this weekend. Well, that's that's the case. So the first one basically was was
0: the. Um, it's not been cited. The referee didn't do anything at the time. So um as as far as the, as far as world rugby is, or as far as the officials at this game, rather than world rugby itself, are saying, and that's, um he didn't, apparently you're allowed to push someone in the face. at the, um If there's pull, something you don't understand.
3: And and pull the hair, but as long as nobody complains about it. Oh, no, 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 no. Pulling the, pull, pull the hair
0: bit. No, no, the pulling the hair bit came later. So that's, that's a separate mm-hmm. instance. The, the instant where he pushed the guy in the face, you can't do that. Uh, apparently you mm. can do that, according to World Rugby. Later on, the pulling the hair and the mm. the, the other handbags, he got a yellow card for that. So that clearly mm. he's not allowed to do that. Mm. <sighs> Why it's only yellow? I, I, we've seen yellow, pulling hair before; we red carded, uh, particularly mm. in women's games where they've got ponytails. Um, so I mean, look, that that was mm. that, that, he, he could have been he could have had two red cards, but bluntly, um, mm. pushing someone in the face. Okay, it's not a punch, but if you're going to heal heel someone in the face. Um, Sorry, but um you sh- you should not be doing open hands to people's faces. A Handoff is different when you've got hand mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The the I mean he he was playing the classic instigator role, wasn't he? I oh, mean totally. you could yeah. you could you could see this being straight out of the Sean Fitzpatrick playbook, you know? Oh, you you yeah. fiddle, 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 pull, 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 pull squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Tug, 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 hold, obstruct, whatever. The person retaliates and turns around to the ref going, Oh, uh, 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 I'm such an innocent lamb. Look what's being done to me. He bit my ear. He pulled my nose. He do well,
3: uh,
1: right? And he got what his team wanted. He got, he, he was sent, he got a yellow, another guy got a red. And his team was immediately uh, on the front foot. So, how do you prevent that from happening? I don't know, but certainly it's a classic instigator role of prod, 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 and then, oh, mom, look what he did to me! Look yep. what my brother did to me! Prod, 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 prod. Innocent, right?
0: Now, look, and that's look, um, he wasn't doing it to any other player, right? So everyone's like, oh, oh, Hill's in trouble next game. He's like, no, <coughs> no, no. He was doing it deliberately to one player that they knew would react, right? He wasn't doing it to everybody. Um, this mm. was this was this, yeah, this was a coached planned move. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's not in the spirit of the game. Folks, mm. I'm sorry, but the spirit of the game doesn't exist, folks. Um, the uh, this is this is I said earlier, if you're not cheating rugby, you're you're not playing rugby. Um, now, <laughs> do I approve of this kind of behavior? No, I don't. Um that's it needs to be stamped out quickly. Uh, look, now that we don't have punching. Uh, in rugby, um, there is no, uh, there's there's nothing to stop you from doing this kind of stuff,
3: basically, mm. apart from the referee. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, referee we, we, we shouldn't, it. we we shouldn't forget that was really a, a really dumb thing for for Swain to do, you know, mm-hmm. and you you could see he was pretty mortified about what he did. But mm. on saying that, we, we shouldn't suffice, we shouldn't get to the, away to the fact that this actually turned out to be not a bad – Game of rugby, fellas, you know. Um, yeah, it did. And and man, a guy that you've got to give a ton of credit to is Lelisior for basically coming. He didn't think he was playing, and all of a sudden, he's basically playing. And I read somewhere where it probably was the best thing to happen to him because he said, "I didn't have any chance, didn't have a chance to get any nerves, so I just mm. basically went out there." Did what I had to do, and I, and I actually thought he showed a lot of composure because he, he copped a bit of criticism after the uh, uh super rugby semi final blues, mm-hmm. where uh, a lot of people said, Listen, you probably should have just uh, as opposed to a drop kick, should have um, basically handed of the ball, gone through the phases. And there are a couple of other good stories as well. I thought James O'Connor being up in the corporate box, having a beer, having to come down onto the, to, to the bench as a reserve, I, I thought that was really outstanding. So, this performance. You know, John spoke before about the disruptiveness that uh, the All Blacks have. Man, that's that's disruptive right there. You get a red mm. card, you have got a guy coming in, mm. in late, and then all of a sudden you lo- you lose uh, a couple of key players along the way. Didn't they lose mm. El Alatoa and they lost Tom Banks? I got to say, guys, in terms of adversity, that's a lot of adversity to unpack and mm. still come through with the victory. I, I man, that you speak about the All Black coaching performance being very good. I'm mm. not so sure if that's a, a masterclass coaching performance, but I think that's one, if you had to give a team the heart of the weekend, I think you give it to the Australians.
0: Mm. And, and uh, yeah, but that's, that's team culture, right? And that's part of what Rennie's built up here. Rennie's got this team heading in the right direction. Mm. Uh, this is two two times now in 12 months that they've been mm. red card and won the game. Because a similar mm. thing, I think, didn't the same thing happen against France? So, um all those people who say red card oh we must have 20 minute red cards because red cards ruin games
3: mm-hmm. well
0: bullshit because that was a cracking game um mm-hmm. even after red card and australia came back and played and, and won it um mm-hmm. so look red cards don't ruin games um and mm-hmm. quite often the, the team with fourteen <coughs> players finds an extra two ghost players whatever because of effort um mm-hmm. that means that they end up winning it so um so, yeah, so look, uh, yeah, red cards don't ruin games. That that's, So, we don't need 20 minute red cards, person. I, I, I think I know Stephen disagrees with me on that one. Um, and um, uh, yeah, uh, Rennie's got this team heading in the right direction
3: and a good win for Australia. No. I, I agree with Nocturnal Rights too about Ludlam. Ludlam, no disrespect to Vinnie, Billy, Vonipolo, but gee, Ludlam. Just looked, looked an absolute beast at breakdown, just a total nuisance at breakdown. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. There's a couple of other good stories to come out of this game as well. Mm-hmm. Caleb Neville, 33 years old, making his uh, his debut for the Wallabies. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the boy uh, uh, Poriki, who mm-hmm. is the hooker for the Waratahs, who went over to Eng- England to play... Not too sure which club that he played for in England, Paul. You, you, you might, you might know that, but I think that's a great story as well. In fact, I made a comment that he kind of reminded me of Stephen Moore with here.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I also want to point out something that, uh, and I'm sorry to say this, Steve, but there's something wrong with the England team. Uh, I, I thought I saw such great promise at the end of last year when they brought that youngster in at ten. The guy with the, with the hair. What's his name? Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith. Um, there's so much that he added to the England backline. There's so much creativity that he added to the England backline. I thought uh, England could be a real serious threat in the coming years. But uh, Australia did not have a great pack. And they were one player down. And traditionally, England would have ground them uh, to, the, to dust. Certainly, the All Blacks would have done that to the Australian pack, one player down. The Springboks would have done it. And the fact that they could not control the game and exert a vice-like grip on that seven players that were left uh, in the pack for Australia, something's not right in the England camp, in the England planning, and something's missing there. I can't tell you what it is, but something's not good.
0: Yeah, I mean they are missing some players for injury and all that kind of stuff, but you've got to be able to cope with that. And um, uh, the, the, it's worrying to see England in this state for, with the England jersey back there. It's worrying for me seeing England
3: in this state um,
0: a year yes. out for the World
3: Cup. And and I was going to say Australia just sh- starting to show a little bit of depth as well. You know, they lose Banks, and and I've got to say Jordan to <clears throat> Jordan. Um, 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 Oh, just uh, his name's gone out of my head as well. Jordan Pyo, is it? Um, came on, went into fullback, and boy, just slotted in, um, very, very well. And he got a very good kicking game, a good long kicking game, for a fullback. So went
0: to the wing, didn't he? And Callaway went to
3: fullback. Yeah. 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 um, Yeah. Great, but I but I think Pattaya can actually go into fullback as as well. Yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're right. Um, the uh the winger Calloway went to went to fullback, but it's great to have those sort of options at the back, and I think you just I oh, me just offers a little bit more of a threat.
0: And I'm, see, yeah, the fine some fifteen time at,
1: at the Reds. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, I think what uh, what happens is, and Australia have pulled this off for nearly twenty years. Since they lost maybe 2005, when they lost the core of the incredible pack that included John Eales, Finnegan, those kind of players, real brutes that they had, athletic, strong, and they no longer had that front row and pack that they, that they had, let's say, through the 90s into the early 2000s, is they, they sucker opposition teams into playing Australia the way they want to play. I don't know how they pull it off. I don't know how they do it, coach after coach after coach manages to hoodwink the opposition into playing Australia at Australia's game. Whereas if the teams were prepared to do it the hard way and and truck it up uh, one-off, pick and go, pick and go, grind them, grind them, grind them, grind them, eventually Australia will crack. But teams don't do that. And you saw it so much so on Saturday when England could have absolutely uh, subdue and penetrate, they could have absolutely put the boa constrictor on them, they didn't.
0: Well, yep, could have, would have, should have, unfortunately. Um, let's, I just want to run through the uh, scores before we have a chat about the um, South Africa versus Wales game. Um, so, Mary All Blacks versus Ireland, that was 32-17. We've already talked about that game at the beginning of the show. Um, Romania lost to Italy 13-45. Italy again showing why they're a tier one nation. Whenever they can play tier two nations, they win. Perhaps Italy a tier one and a half, but look, they are the best. They, they are definitely better than that that rung below. Um, USA got a good win, twenty six to twenty one over the French barbarians. So uh, um, good for them. Uh, Japan um, twenty three, uh, France forty two. Remember, this is a France side without their players who are were playing in the uh, top 14 finals. This this isn't even a full-strength France side, a bit like we saw when they toured um, Australia last year. So good win for France there. Um, New Zealand, Ireland 42-19, which we've talked about. Australia beat England 30-28 with a a man down. We'll come back to um, South Africa, Wales. um, But um, a a Curry Cup 15 beats um, Italy A 31-27. So good to see Italy working on their depth there. By uh, putting out two teams at the weekend, um, on that one, um, Canada beat Belgium forty-five nil. Ouch! This is Canada who have not made the Rugby World Cup as well. So, um, really putting it to uh, one of the uh, tier two nations there in Europe. Um, and um, uh, Italy, uh, sorry, Argentina beat Scotland twenty-six uh, eighteen, and that was predominantly won in that first half. Um, where Scotland only managed one penalty, uh, whereas um, Argentina um, racked up that score. And then finally, uh, Georgia lost to an Argentina 15. So Argentina put two sides out as well this weekend, um, 24 to um, 30. Um, So Georgia, yep, still haven't beaten a Tier 1 nation and not even a a Tier 1 nation um, second team um, in that one um, there. Um, The... uh, the reviewer tells us that Algeria is the most underrated team in the world, um, having beaten uh, uh, other teams. Well, I'll uh, take your word on that one, mate. I must, I've not been following Algeria's uh, progress um, on uh, on that one. Um, so yes, the one game I skipped over was um, South Africa versus um, Wales. Um, South Africa coming out with the win at 32-29. to 29. But um, boy, oh boy, did they get a, a bit of a fright in this one only scoring three points in that first half, where um, Louis Rees zamit um racked up two tries um, there uh, gets uh, at a conversion and a penalty and uh, at a drop goal, a well, a drop goal against South Africa, John. Um, it's a bit embarrassing there. Um, so um, leading that to was 18 3 at half time. Um, but South Africa uh, got some um, their forwards going, a couple of uh, line out more tries, um, and mm-hmm to To get themselves back into this, uh, John, mm-hmm. slow start for um, for South Africa, and uh, look a lot closer at thirty two twenty nine uh, than we um, expect this game to be.
1: Yeah, I think uh, first of all we've got to give credit to Wales. They employed a really good tactic that it took South Africa a long time to cotton onto and work out how to get around it. So they had the big forward runners that the Springboks sent up in the first channel. Often, you know, the Springbok runner, someone like Ibn Etzebeth, would have a support runner to drive into contact. They would have two chop tacklers at shin height drop the person immediately and then they would have a jackler in over the ball. So even if they didn't turn the ball over, they were constantly slowing the ball down. And South Africa, much like uh, the All Blacks, South Africa's game is predicated on quick ball, runners coming around the corner, punching it up, punching it up, punching it, drawing in the back line, and then creating space for people like Cesar Colby, uh, and Makazola Pimpi on the outside, and the create and the creativity of of Um to be able to feed them into space. But Wales just negated that at you know, at source. Well, secondary source after the first phase <clears throat> so well done to them uh, and then they just frantically clung on by their fingernails for the for most of the match barring a magnificent uh, display of character to score a try while th- playing 13 against 15 in order to bring the score's level but um, eventually just the sheer difference in physical prowess and i don't just mean size, its speed, its athleticism, uh, its strength, eventually uh, as South Africa, especially in the second half, started to work out how to counteract that strategy, they just did that boa constrictor and just wrung the life out of them. And unfortunately for Wales, uh, South Africa were vulnerable in this game, much like the All Blacks often are in the first test of the series. Of the year, at least, uh, they were not very focused in the first half. They seemed to be a little bit, you know, a little bit distracted, both by the tactics of the Welsh, but also just really weren't on. Um, and this was their opportunity. And I'm concerned for Wales in the next two games that it might be, uh, it might go really badly for them.
0: Look, um, that chop and, uh, and and jackal thing probably led to that thirteen turnovers. Um, by south africa to only four by wales uh, look i've only seen highlights this game i've not watched the full thing but wales um on the uh <coughs> on the flip side had to do a lot of defending in this game
1: um mm.
0: compared to south africa only 81 tackles by south africa 145 by wales if you're defending that much if you have so little possession which is like 43 percent in this one you tend to go up more penalties uh south africa mm. only seven penalties wales twice as many of 15 wales mm. also four yellow cards um, Stephen, uh, just go for a, a neutral view on those yellow cards because I um, say I saw the highlights. I think you've you've seen the whole game. Is that right or not? Uh, you muted them, afraid, right, Stephen,
3: I think the very last the very last one um, that basically um, for the penalty, I I don't think the referee had much of a choice. To be honest, even though it was just an instinctive reaction by the letter by the letter of the law, you have got to do it. it. Just, it it just had to be penal and like John said they were under the pump they were hanging on by by by, your, by their fingernails and when you're hanging on by your fingernails um basically uh yeah it's it's hard work and you know some real like custom you know dan bigger is is has got a good kick kicking percentage and even the, the conversion you would have expected him to have to have kicked that but mm. gee, South Africa they just rolled their sleeves up from the time that they they rumbled their way over and the First few minutes of the, the the second half, and they they reverted back to their to their typically. I think their um, their second try also came from a drive as well. But even as John said, the try where the, the kick for the corner where the winger scored was that uh, my pimp, my pimpy that may have scored the try. Um, uh, gee, that was uh, Col- Colby, Colby. Colby. Uh, Colby. Colby. Chesney Colby. That was a well constructed try. But I, but I've got to say the moment of the match goes to. Uh, um, um, Reese it that was one heck of a try, you know, given the space and get it doing enough to get on the outside of Mapimpi, I think it was. Um, that was pretty impressive. But we shouldn't forget, I think Mapimpi's a, a very good player. I don't know if he's got top end pace because um, he can play centre as but, well.
1: But that, the issue there was is that was on uh, all, uh, Springbok lineup ball. So the, the Springbok defense wasn't in position. So as a result, they were one man short. So he had to come in and mm-hmm. to try and mark the, the centre. So that's what created the space. So he had to turn and chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well done to Zamet. I mean, great mm-hmm. talent. But it was their ability. They won opposition lineup ball and moved it wide. And, and there we go. They, mm-hmm. you're a great execution.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I, go, go, I go along with that. But I, I think John pretty much summed it up from 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 the start. And uh, I'm like John. I, f- I fear for them. I actually feared for them in this particular test, but not to have taken that opportunity. Mm. I think uh, they've really poked the bear uh, mm. more, than, more than anything else. Um, mm. Just want to say, Paul, I actually watched that Scotland um argentina game and that that was actually quite an entertaining game and it's important that we actually mention it because i think that was the first time argentina had played at home in three seasons um which is which is pretty incredible and and a really good game of football and and listen credit to credit to to scotland they did that first half they didn't look like they could create anything but all in the space of about five minutes, they actually hit back and they looked like they're finishing, they finishing were actually going to finish with a uh, a wet sail, so to speak. But Argentina just did enough, re- regained the lead straight away and really never looked like winning again. One thing I was a little bit surprised with, I was surprised to see Augustine Crevy actually come on as a replacement. Has, has he been injured?
0: i was been overseas in in, in UK um, playing. Mm. Um, but then yeah, most just about all the Argentinian team mm. are now. Um, but mm. some, I guess some of the, some boys there. I mean, Scotland obviously missing players like Hogg and Russell. Um, so uh, mm. uh, is it a change? Um, uh, so so a few players they've left at home to rest because of the uh, British and Irish Lions from from last year, um, as, um, as as well on that. Um, and uh, so yeah, so look, um, the I, I think one one of those thing, um, things is. Can you see? I can't see Ireland turning it around. I can't see Wales turning it around. Um, Scotland could be in for a, 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 a similar situation where actually um, this, as Argentina haven't played as you say at home for a long time, mm. um, this is going um, uh, to allow uh, Argentina to to get a roll on. Um, the uh, again, I mean, Australia obviously going to missing miss play with the yellow, red, the red card, but mm. England didn't show me um, much that they're going to be able to necessarily win that. So. Um, we could be in for a, uh, a month of mm. rugby championship teams beating uh, Six Nations teams yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, across these next three weeks, but uh, yeah. uh, let, let's hope it's not too too uh, too one sided and, and too mm. too um, uh, too easily scripted. Mm.
1: Could I just make a quick comment? And I, I don't want to harp too much on the Springbok game because I'm a South African. It's just a, an observation that uh, the Georgian ref got uh, has taken a lot of flack but actually, and this is why it was important to understand his decisions to watch the whole game, the incidences of the yellow cards were not like Scott Barrett should have got penalized and carded or this player is pulling the hair. They weren't the sort of foul play, shoulder to the head uh, kind of situations. You needed to see the repeated infringements leading up again and again and again inside the 22. The, the clean breaks that were on scrambling tackles and then lying on the ball so there was no quick ball and and a score. Mm-hmm. You needed to see the, the instances happen again and again until the referee said, enough is enough, you pull this down and they were about to go over, uh, this is a penalty try and the person who pulled it down, the law states that a penalty try is, uh, is a yellow card and mm-hmm. send them off. So actually... What he did is what we want referees to do when it comes to professional fouls. We want them to stamp it out. We want them to make it uh, unprofitable for players to, lie on the, to, to tackle back, grab somebody by the ankle, get them down, and then lie on the ball and prevent a try being scored. We want that to occur. We want the game to be able to flow. And credit to him, he took the difficult decisions and he refereed correctly and he's got a lot of flack because of it because there were so many cards handed up. But the problem was Wales discipline. Right? If they hadn't yep. done it, all of the all of those instances were justified. And I, I think he deserves credit as a first time referee at that level for having the intestinal fortitude to do what he did. So that's yep. the that's that's what we want to see from refs. Oh, so yep.
3: Yeah, you you did right. You know we we think back to the Super Rugby semi-final where Ben O'Keefe didn't quite have the fortitude to to pull the trigger when it really looked like uh, I think it was Luke Romano was holding on to to position at the time, and uh, even even the most biased Blues supporter, you know, would have Winston basically said, "Man, if that the boot was on the other shoe." You would have mm-hmm. expected the referee to pull the pull the trigger. So, like, the yeah. boot
1: was on the other shoe.
3: Yeah, yeah. Other oh, <laughs> foot, place. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I
1: mean. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't remember so, that. That's a beaut, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but so let's let's just
0: so not 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 to really steal um, one of Stephen Harris's favourite uh, um, topics, but yes, John, the the, the referee there. Did what he was supposed to do, and and what world rugby was asking referees to do. The problem is he's the only one doing it, and it, we, we don't have consistency across yeah. referees doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm saying for but, uh, him to catch flack... Oh, Seaman's face is a, is a picture. <laughs> yeah, to see to see to see him catch flack is so unjustified. Yeah. Because I thought he actually did what rugby needs to do. It rugby needs a few games like that for the for the players to go. Oh well, this is not um, this is not worth it. Right. Um rugby needs players who pull hair to get a red card and then the behavior will stop. So I thought he did I thought he did really well. Uh yes, you're gonna say something. I've got one last comment to make though, um Paul.
0: uh, Well, okay. Um players uh um defending line out players shouting, so the attacking team can't hear the the line out call. Stop it. It's wrong. Um it's it's not clever. It's not playing rugby. It's just being an arse. Uh, referees, yeah. tell to shut up um, and do that club level too because we're seeing it far too much at club and kids level um, because yeah. they have seen the, um, the professionals do it and get away with it. But anyway, sorry, in my rant.
1: The, the, my last comment about the Springbok game is <clears throat> what was really interesting to me and remember as well, it's the first time the Springboks have played in front of a home crowd for three years which is quite remarkable. They haven't for three years, and remember, they're world champions, and for three years they haven't played a home test in front of a crowd. So that was great to see, and you could see just the euphoria from the crowd and the incredible response. I had some friends who were there. I saw some messages um, just talking about the incredible uh, atmosphere at the ground. And um, sorry, the, the captain of Wales there, number 10, what's his name again, Paul?
0: bigger do you mean bigger
1: Dan bigger Dan bigger in the post match in the postmatch uh, interview said that this is one of the greatest play- places I've ever got to play in um, and thank the crowd even though they'd lost such a heartbreaker but the interesting thing that I noticed even though they were switched off even though they weren't really keyed in uh, nearly as well as the all blacks were the greatest sheer body of talent that I saw on Saturday was in that Springbok squad. They have got athletes in that team that are scary. And it really brought home to me why they're trying in the All Blacks to include Scott Barrett because the Springboks didn't even have their first choice, um, uh, first choice loose forward trio available. So when Dwayne Vermeulen recovers from his, his knee injury, he's still rehabbing, and the same for Peter Steff de Toy. they will launch at any one time three full two-meter plus locks. Um, because Peter Steff de Toy's engine is so good that he plays the whole 80 at uh, at, at blindside, which remember by the way, in South Africa, only place in the world blind blindside plays with number seven. So he plays blindside. And then if you want to counteract that line-out, when you've got three locks, two locks are normally lifting, uh, various options, and Dwayne Vermillion taking, this is what the All Blacks are trying to address, is having that. To be, I mean, the Springboks just bring on one absolutely dominant front row they just replace them with another lock. You know, you see Malcolm Marks come off the bench um, and, and, uh, and massive scrummages come off the bench, and just climb into the opposition and drill them into the ground. There is a there's a, a scary amount of depth in that squad.
0: Yeah, but also I mean, again, they're, they're running a six-two bench. For my mind, we should get rid of two, two, two of the seats on the bench. You don't need um, you need three front rowers, one person to cover locks and um, and Lucy's one 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 for scrum half and one for the rest of the backs. Um, well. Replacing also, six out of eight of a scrum yeah. to me uh, is, is 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 wrong, but um, that's not South Africa's fault. That's the uh, that, that that's the laws.
1: By the way, just to point out to you what we talk about depth, and it's not just among the forwards. <laughs> uh, Joe Estherhazen was the players the the England. What's it? The England Premier League. What is what's the name of the, the oh, league in
0: um, Premiership?
1: The, yes, the Premiership. He was the player's player of the year, right? And he was selected in the last uh, ending in end of June in the World Rugby Team of the Year at 12. He wasn't even on the bench, right? And you can't say that that's just, oh, it's South Africa's selections being driven by uh, political agendas, because the person he's up against is Damien Delende, who had a incredible game and is one of the best players at the last World Cup. So the amount of depth that they have in that Springbok team is pretty amazing. Oh, sorry, Andre no, Esteson. Sorry, hundred percent right. Thanks for the correction, Andre Esteson. Joy Esteson was a different different player. The um,
0: uh, look, look, South Africa and uh, New Zealand produce the most rugby players in the world, and hence, they, yeah, we, we see them overseas a lot. Look, um, population, South Africa is bigger, so yeah, you, 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 uh, as, as well. So yeah, no, there is there's a lot of a lot of very good South African players um, around. Um, there always is it's a matter of uh, getting them played the, the right slot
1: but the the key is though um is that they are finally after 25 30, 30 years they're finally tapping into the whole population mm-hmm. yep. a lot of the incredible talent that you see is non-white rugby players uh, the sharks are fielding something like 10 or 11 non-white players in their starting lineup in in the URC so what we're seeing is the development of rugby across the board in South Africa, which is tremendous for the game, because it not only is good for the South African pool of players and the inspiration in South Africa, but throughout Africa, they get to now, see players that they can identify with.
0: We'll go over in by twenty minutes. Thank you very much for joining us, John. Um the uh, a, a cracking weekend of international rugby, folks, will be another one coming up. Uh, check out New Zealand Sport Radio for, or sorry NZ Sport Radio um, Patreon page for my um, predictions in the uh, middle of the week. Do join us on Wednesday night for the uh, um, the Standoff Rugby League Show as the Warriors have returned to uh, to New Zealand. Um, uh, thank you everyone who's joined us. Thank you, John. Thank you, Stephen, who's had to drop off um, for for joining me. Um, and um, yeah, another cracking uh, weekend of international rugby.